Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. It was disappearing anyway, so I decided to let it go at the urging of my two sons, Derek and Jamie. There are some things in this life that was the old you. You have to let go so that the new you can shine through. From Jacob to Israel. I have been a member of this ministry for 10 official years, but in reality, This ministry started some 28 years ago when I first met Bishop Ed and Pastor Colleen. I liked them so much that I decided to join their family by marrying the bishop's sister, the late Adela Riley Crawford. I love history and what I call useless information that I will share with you when given a chance. I I enjoy a good debate And God has blessed me with the gift of taking a unique perspective to look at things differently than what is considered conventional wisdom. As a matter of fact, my late wife would warn people before getting into a serious discussion with me, he says, don't pay any attention to Jimmy, because you know he all fooled up. A few years ago, I went to Bishop and asked, could I lead the men's Bible study? It was jealousy that prompted me to do this and that I was envious of my wife and her friends' relationships. You see, the one thing that I observed about you ladies is that you would share your struggles with each other, but we men, we wouldn't do no such thing because it is not the manly thing to do. But we are learning that we can share But most of all, we are getting a better understanding of what God expects of us as men and what we can expect of him as our Heavenly Father. And the one thing that comes through to all our lessons, the one thing that we know more than anything else, that God has our back. Before I get into my message, there's a little house cleaning, uh, housekeeping that I, I must address. About a month ago, Pastor... Haywood John announced to the congregation that our dear sister, Sidarius Barnes, was the angel of this house. I want to set the record straight. She was my angel first, but I will share. The second thing is that I need to address is that October is National Clergyman, and the fact that our leaders have not made a big deal of it shows how blessed we are to have leaders like Bishop Ed and Pastor Colleen. So I'm asking the congregation to stand 
and the folks on the line to stand as well, and let's give them a hand clap of appreciation. As I come before you this morning, I can promise that I will not be as eloquent in my delivery as bishop or have the command of visual illustration like pastor. But I will rely on my Presbyterian upbringing wherein you are taught when addressing a, a congregation to use the rule of the three BS's. The first BS is be scriptural. The second BS is to be short. And the third and most important BS, be seated. <laughs> Today, my subject is recognizing kingdom opportunities. Let us pray. Our Father, who resides in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, Father, let the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, and amen. Webster, yes, Webster still exists. Google don't have it all. Webster defines opportunity as a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do or accomplish something. The root word of opportunity comes from the Latin phrase, opportum weyes. Loosely, translate means, loosely translated means coming toward a port, which refers to a favorable wind blowing ships into harbor. Think of opportunity as a good wind that blew your way. When we think of opportunity, we normally think of it in the secular sense, such as opportunity to get a raise, get a good deal on a house, buying a new car, the opportunity to take a cruise, the opportunity to meet someone famous. Opportunity is something we rarely think of as it relates to our faith walk. So this morning, the Lord willing, I want to show you how opportunity avails itself in our faith walk and how to recognize it and most importantly, encourage you to take advantage of the moment when it presents itself. All right. okay. Let us go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter in which Paul is talking about living the Christian life, following the example of Christ and walking in the light. This morning, I want to concentrate on verses 13 through 17. I will be reading from the New International Version. It reads as follows. But everything exposed by light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, from, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, in, in order to understand what opportunities that may come your way, you must be awake. All right. You must be aware. And if you are awake and aware of the light of the Lord, and the Holy Spirit will shine on you. But the scripture warns us to be careful how we live. Live wisely. 
so that you will recognize to take advantage of what God's will is. Think of opportunity as a good and gentle wind blowing your ship to a safe harbor. All right. okay. There are times when opportunity arises when God may ask you to share something that you possess with him for the greater good. Will you recognize it? Let me give you an example of sharing opportunity. Let us turn our attention to the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter. This is a very familiar passage of scripture where Jesus feeds the multitude. The unique thing about this particular miracle is, is that it is the only miracle found in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We will be reading verses 1 through 13. It reads as follows. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked, only, he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves, and barley loaves and two small fish, but how far would they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There, were, there was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely, this is the prophet who is to come into the world. So, where is the opportunity in this story? Let me tell you. When Andrew told the little boy that the master wanted his food, the young boy gave the, took the opportunity to give, give it up. No fuss, no muss. Right. Now, if it had been one of these 21st century kids, Chances are it would probably been a little bit different and went something like this. Andrew saying, young man, Jesus wants your five slices of bread and your two sardines. Young man looks up at Andrew and says, what you talking about, Mr. Andrew? I'm not giving up my food. What will I eat? Thank goodness for that first century young man. It did not go that way. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and fed 5,000 plus. There's something else in this story that would be different today. The men got to sit, and it implies that the women stood. <laughs> Don't mind me. That's just my taking the story. 
you know, as my wife would say, I'm being fooled up. But because he shared, this young man was witness to a miracle so great that it, that it is mentioned in all of the Gospels. Here we are today, some 2,000 years later, talking about his opportunity to share his lunch, his lunch with Jesus so that the multitude could be fed. Nowhere in the scriptures does it tell us that this was something that this young man had planned for. He woke up that morning just going to see Jesus, hang out with some friends, follow the crowd, and eat his meager, his meager lunch. But don't you find it interesting that 5,000 plus people and only this young lad bought lunch? Here's something to think about. This lad bought his lunch, and you wonder. But if you go back to the first part of this scripture, what does it say? Jesus knew what he was planning to do. Our next example of kingdom opportunity is one that you ladies will be able to identify with. Suppose you get a knock on the door and open it, and there's a messenger telling you that Jesus is coming to dinner. Guess who is coming to dinner? Jesus Christ and his band of 12. You know these modern-day rock stars had nothing on Jesus. That's why he is referred to as Jesus Christ superstar. He had a posse. He even had groupies. Well, there's a story in the 10th chapter in the Gospel, according to Luke, that you are familiar, and you are familiar with this passage of Scripture, the story of Martha and Mary and Jesus coming by for dinner. Short and powerful, the story begins with verse 38 and ends with verse 42 and reads as follows. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do this work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary chose what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Where's the opportunity in this story? I'm going to give you my take on it. As soon as they got word that Jesus was coming for dinner, I ventured to say that Martha and Mary were in the kitchen together preparing for Jesus and his disciples. And when Jesus arrived, I am quite sure there were some pleasantries, exchanges, and greetings at the door. You know, I'm Jesus Christ, and these are my boys, you know, you know Peter and the two Judases there in the back. And Martha goes, and this is my little sister Mary, and I got a brother named Lazarus running around here someplace, but he'll show up later. And Martha said, well, just give me a minute, Master, and we will have dinner. So while we were waiting, just take a seat. And as Jesus took his seat or reclined, as they did in those days, Martha returned to the kitchen. But Mary plopped right down at Jesus' feet. She recognized the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit at the master's feet, to listen to him, to get to know him, and to understand more about him. 
Now here comes Martha with her many hands make work light attitude, and she began to reprimand Jesus. She probably had a bowl, you know, in her hands mixing something. Lord, and she didn't come in there and say, my Lord. I mean, she said, Lord, don't you care that Mary left me to prepare this food all by myself? I only got two hands, and there's a lot of work yet to be done. Now, if you look at that scripture and see what Jesus said in his reply, Martha had the same opportunity to sit at the feet of our Lord and Savior. She had the same chance, but she passed. Mary's decision was a wise one, while Martha's was unwise. But here's the good news. We, like Mary, can take the opportunity to sit at the Lord's feet each and every day. As a matter of fact, we have it better than Mary, for she only got the Lord's teaching for that one day. With the help of the four Gospels and the letters of the Apostles, we can, know, we can get to know all there is to know about Jesus, how he addressed different situations, how he cared for people, what he says about love and forgiveness. We get that opportunity every day we receive that holy wake-up call. And when you wake up in the morning, that is a holy wake-up call. Amen. We have the Bible. The question is, are we woke enough to take advantage of this daily opportunity? Do you start your day with Lord Jesus Christ and his word? Do you take the opportunity to ask the Lord to give you daily guidance? Do you pray for the strength to keep the enemy attacked from bringing you down? You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You have 24-7 access. Yes, yes, yes. There was a song some time ago that says, it was called Shook. Get shook and start your day with the B-I-B-L-E. The H-O-L-Y, B-I-B-L-E. Sometimes you can see an opportunity, but you can't take advantage of it quickly as you want. It's just out of reach. You have to have perseverance to take advantage of it. You see it, but you can't get to it. But if you want it bad enough, you will be creative. There is another familiar passage that shows the determination and being persistent opens doors for you to take advantage of an opportunity. In Luke, the fifth chapter, we have a perfect example. If there is a hindrance or barrier, and you need to come up with what we used to call in the business world a workaround. And a workaround is a plan or method to circumvent a problem without eliminating it. This is a story about two men who wanted to take advantage of the opportunity to get their paralyzed friend in front of Jesus because they had heard that he was a healer. This is how the story is told in the fifth chapter of Luke beginning with the 17th through the 21st verses. One day, Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers were sitting there. They had come from the village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. That means all the top temple dogs were showing up. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, 
friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can, give, who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Now, I want you to pay close attention to that. He didn't say, why are you thinking these things in your mind? He said, why are you thinking these things in your heart? So therefore, if it's in your mind, it is also in your heart. Which, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus went one step further. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you to get up and take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them and took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Now these guys could have turned around and told their friend that the house was too crowded, too many people there, and there was no way to get in. And we just had to wait to, to see what Jesus come back this way. Then we'll try it again. But instead, they put their heads together and said, if we can't go through the door, we'll go through the roof. The workaround. Can you imagine the look on those high society temple types when they noticed this cot coming down from the ceiling and landing before Jesus? They were especially myth when Jesus told the man that his sins had been forgiven. And when Jesus told the man to get up and walk, and he did, man oh man. If it was in the cars, they would have crucified Jesus right then and there. When the man got up, praises began coming out of his mouth. And I'm sure that he was joined by his friends. And they had a little church, a little praise party right there in the streets of Galilee. Praise the Lord. When you see the opportunity to help a friend, do so. Let no obstacle stand in your way. Look for the workaround. Don't get don't get discouraged. Keep on keeping on. And always ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. When opportunity knocks, what will you do? You can say yes to it or you can ignore it. You can seize the moment or you can wait for another moment. But you are not guaranteed that another moment is going to come your way. One of the things that we have learned in our men's Bible study is that we need God more than he needs us. Take the story of the tax collector in the 19th chapter of Luke. I've been staying in Luke, right? That's because a lot of these stories are told in the other Gospels, but since I was there, I just stayed there. In those days, to be a tax collector was one of the most despised positions a person could hold. You were deemed a sinner, a publican, for they took money from their fellow Jews to give to the Roman Empire. As a tax collector, you made your money by marking up the tax bill. That is, if your tax bill was $4, $4, the tax man was entitled to collect 5 But he would probably charge you as much as 7 That's how he got paid. That's how he got wealthy. You know, when we think about it, not much has changed. Maybe with one minor exception. Instead of being a publican, now we refer to them as Republicans. I just can resist that. <laughs> Being fooled up again. The scripture reads, 
as thus starting with verse 1 and ending with verse 9. Jesus entered Jericho, passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him as Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and saw and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now here's some useless information for you. Back in those days, in uh, Jewish law, it was considered undignified to run in the streets, to run in the streets of Jericho or any Jewish city as far as that concerned, and even more of a social faux pas to climb a tree, especially on a main travel route. But this is what got me. Jesus is strolling along, and he sees the tax collector. Now, there's nothing that says that he knew of this man. And he called him by name. Hey, Zach, come down here. We're going to have lunch at your house today. Now, if you don't get nothing else out of what this little story says, I want you to remember this. When you are up a tree, Jesus will call you down by name and go to lunch with you. Zacchaeus, while in presence of the Lord, took opportunity to confess his sins and repent. In one glorious moment, he went from being the most hated man in the community to one of the most beloved. Why? Because he gave half of his wealth to the poor, and to the people he cheated, he would give, back, he would give them back four times what he took from them. Now, of all the people who was in that crowd, Zacchaeus is the only name that we know from this story, and he has become the prime example of what it is to repent and be a transformed follower of God. And think of something else. Zach was probably one of the best witnesses that Jesus could have of the day. Going around that community and tell them, telling them how good Jesus was to him. It was not quite the same for the rich young ruler. You know the story about this first century Elon Musk. He approached Jesus to ask him what would it take to receive eternal life. Jesus saw through him immediately. And, when, and he started with him because he addressed Jesus as good master. After messing with him for a minute, Jesus told him exactly what it would take for him to inherit eternal life. The young ruler would have to give up all of his possessions and follow Jesus, give up his material things. He could not do it, lost his opportunity for eternal life. As my 102-year-old uncle tells it, and that the and that the, 20, and that the 71 years he was in the funeral business, 
He never had a Brinks truck in a possession. You can't take it with you. The young ruler is our example of what not to do when, when opportunity knocks. But the greatest example of taking advantage of, of opportunity is found in all of the Gospels in one form or another. I'm going to choose the account found in Luke 5, verses 2 to 12, reading as follows. And he, meaning Jesus, saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered to him and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net down. And they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they filled both boats so that, be, so that, be, so, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished, were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they brought their boats to the land, they forsook, they, they forsook all and followed him. The King James is a little more romantic in that it says, I will make you fishers of men. They dropped everything and followed Jesus. You would think that they would have had a little powwow, you know, a little checking out, man, I don't know, well, you think we should do this, or you think this is a good idea? Check with the other half, consult with their parents, anything. But no, they didn't do that. Can you imagine what some of the other fishermen were thinking when they found those boats and nets abandoned? Shock would be an understatement. Simon, who Jesus later named Peter, had no idea when he seized this opportunity to follow the Son of Man that he would become the most envied preacher of all time. For one sermon on the day of Pentecost, he saved 3,000 souls. And given the fact that they only counted men at such events, who knows how many souls were really saved that day. By saying yes to the opportunity, imagine every Sunday, all over the world, his name is mentioned millions of times. So, on any given day, opportunity will come to help you in your faith walk. All right. yes. Opportunities to share so that others can benefit from your sharing. There will be opportunities for you to sit at the master's feet each and every day to learn more about him. There will be opportunities to preserve, to persevere, to be determined and come up with the workaround 
so that others can be blessed. There will be opportunities to be, to be a repentant and be a living testimony to God's grace and mercy. Then there is opportunity to follow Jesus, to follow Jesus unconditionally. Let the wind, let the good wind blow you into a safe harbor. Before I close, let me interject this public service announcement. Church, let me take the opportunity to ask you that when you pray, please pray for our nation. Democracy as we know it is on the brink. Our country has become numb to being decent. There's no decency anymore. And sometimes you wonder what is going on with the world. Ask God to remember his mercy. Remember, prayer avails much. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are, are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Let the good wind blow you into a safe harbor. The safe the good wind is the Holy Spirit. Let the safe harbor be your heavenly home. God bless you all. I love you. Stand to your, sit and meditate while this anthem is playing. And after which, the service will be turned over to our bishop. Thank you for this opportunity. I love you all. See you soon. Thank you, Jesus. Listen to the words of the song. My soul says yes. This have I. My mind says yes. My heart says yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm, say that about. While you're listening to the words of that song, I want you to take it internally. Mm. Yes to the opportunities. Yes, Lord. To spending time in your word. Yes to reaching out and touching someone else. Yes, for giving myself away to you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. 
Just stand to your feet, just stand, just stand to your feet in this presence. Lift those hands to him. Lift your hands. Just begin to tell him, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I choose to sit at your feet, Lord. Yes, Lord. I, I choose to nurture a relationship with you. Yes, Lord. I choose to be the one, Lord, that take advantage of the opportunities that you've given me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's it. Just open your mouth and tell him, yes, Lord. Just come on. That's it. Tell him, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All in the room, tell him, yes. You that are online, tell him, yes. This is a challenging word that came to us on today. Recognizing kingdom opportunities. Don't let these opportunities pass you by. You can see as a result of what was shared on today, the power of God that works when we take advantage of the opportunities he presents to us. God want to turn some lives around. God want to turn this nation around. God want to turn some families around. But God said, I've selected you individually to be the catalyst for making those differences. Don't take your food and put it in back in your pocket and hide it, but share it with the master so that he can take it and feed somebody else. Be surprised how many how much God can take what you have and use it to feed your families. Use it to feed the folk on your job. If you would just take advantage of the opportunity, they'd be so good So God is not about me. But it's about you. I'm here for you, Lord. I'm here for you to use me. That's it. Lift those hands and tell him yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Recognizing kingdom opportunity. God is raising up his kingdom in the earth realm. Every one of us that are born again, we are kingdom children. But let me show you something. A kingdom child does not live for himself. A kingdom child lives to serve and glorify God. A kingdom child, when he comes to meet the master, he'll recognize the error of his ways and do whatever is necessary to correct those errors like Zacchaeus. Don't 
Don't miss the opportunity. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the clarity in which you allowed your word to come to our hearts on today, God. You reminded us today, God, that every day we have opportunities to glorify you. Just as you spoke to us on last week, Lord, through Pastor Carlene, Lord, that we are to live to glorify you. You told us on today, God, that every time we get the opportunity, we are to take advantage of it. As we stand before you right now, Lord, we say, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, when we didn't take advantage of those opportunities. That we were like the rich young ruler, Lord, that chose our well-beings above that that you want. But as we stand before you right now, Lord, we give ourselves away to you, Lord. We say yes to your will, yes to your will, yes to your way. Have your way in our lives, Lord. Come on, somebody say, have your way in our lives. Come on, make it personal, have your way in my life, Lord. Have your way in our lives. We bless you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. My soul says yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. While you're standing, even those of you that are online, I want to challenge those of you that will say, God, I want to make my relationship with you right. We can't do kingdom work without becoming kingdom children. The greatest kingdom opportunity that any of us can take advantage of is first of all the opportunity to be brought into the kingdom. You that would say, Bishop, pray with me today. Pray with me. Mm. Uh, I want to be a part of the kingdom. I want to pray with you today. Mm. As we all lift our hands before the Lord, as we all. Father, I thank you for the open door that you presented before us. Uh, you sang to some, come back home. You sang to some, come in. 
God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every ear, Lord, would hear the plea coming from your heart and they would say yes. You that are making that decision, just lift your, mouth, lift your hands, open your mouth and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. That's just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I hear you. Yes, Lord. I hear you. Yes, Lord. I'll be a part of your family. If you would just allow me. Yes, Lord. Mm. Cleanse me. Purge me, Lord. Wash me. Forgive me, Lord. Mm. I'll live for you as you strengthen me. As you lead me, God, I'll follow you. Oh, God, we thank you, Father, for this awesome opportunity that you've given us today, Lord. Again, my soul says yes. Come on, that's it. Somebody say, my soul says yes, Lord. My soul says yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Come on, let's put those hands together and tell them thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the Word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, Simply go to OFHOrangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.